You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Hey, Mission family, it's Pastor Jason here. I am so thankful that you tuned in, whether it's Sunday morning and you're chatting live with the other Mission family on um, Facebook and YouTube, or you're watching on your lunch break, we're so grateful that you invited us in right now. Um, we're, we're not just a church, we're a family, and, and man, we want to stay connected with you, and thank you for continuing to connect with us. Can you believe that it is almost Christmas? This Sunday is the last Sunday before we begin to start Advent to start celebrating Christmas, right? And I want you to stick around to the end to hear um, an announcement about a very special Christmas event that we're having um, in December. Um, Becca's going to tell you all about it, but Christmas, it, it's practically here, right? And as the Grinch would say, and um, man, I love Christmas. Christmas is like my favorite time of the year. I'm a kid all year, but I'm a big kid, especially at Christmas. And uh, so we have some fun things planned this Christmas season at the mission, and we want you to be a part of it. Thank you for still connecting with us today. Um, you know, I was thinking about what I wanted to teach, what the Lord was laying on my heart for this Sunday being the last Sunday before Christmas. And um, just thinking about the holidays, you know, and how the holidays bring so much joy and, you know, love and people seem sometimes more kind during the holidays. And, and, but also like this holiday season, is unlike anything we've ever faced in our lifetime uh, because of the worldwide pandemic. And, you know, this, this holiday season is going to be different. And so I, I came across these two psalms that I felt like I really wanted to go over with you guys. Uh, but before we get to that, um, I grew up in church. Um, I didn't always believe in Jesus. I got saved, actually saved, and believed in Jesus when I was 18. And, uh, but I grew up my whole life in church, right? And, and um, one thing I feel like the church struggled with for a few generations is allowing their young people to have questions. I feel like sometimes when young people or people who are just beginning to really dive into Jesus and they come across something that, that they stumble on or trips them up or whatever, sometimes we are so quick to offer stock answers to their questions. And I feel like, you know, we really do them a disservice in that, in, in that way sometimes because we can give them a stock answer and then we almost expect it to be over, like, okay, don't ask that question anymore. And, and really, we do them a disservice by not allowing them to wrestle with God um, in, their, in their question. Like, we want to support them, love them, help with Scripture, help in any way we know how, but we don't want to just dis dismiss them with some stock answer. Like, I feel like there was a few generations um, where the church was really not okay with 
people asking why, you know, or, or how, or, you know, and, and they, would, they would just quiet them down with these stock answers, right? And I remember when Dylan, my oldest son, was little, he was probably a toddler, and, um, you know, Dylan is the most inquisitive kid I have ever met in my life. He just is a knowledge sponge. He sucks it all up and then he retains it forever. Like it's just, it's amazing the amount of knowledge he holds. I wish I had half of his knowledge, right? And, and I, I really admire him in that. And, um, and uh, so anyway, so Dylan, when he was young, was constantly asking questions constantly asking questions. And Kim and I, we wanted to like encourage that, right? We wanted him to form his own opinions and become like a real, you know, person and like kind of help him express his personality. And, you know, so he, he, he would ask questions all the time and it would be like, you know, stuff that would stump me. Like, dad, why is the grass green? I'd be like, hmm, well, the rains come down and, and water the grass and then they, you know, the roots grow deeper and they grow taller and the more water that comes and sunshine, you know, the more green it gets. But if the water doesn't come, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't stay green. It gets brown. And he's like, yeah, but why? I'm like, okay, I really wish I would have paid in attention in high school science class right now or taken a class on agriculture so I can explain this to my four-year-old son, you know? <laughs> um, you know, and, and he just innocently had these questions that he was wrestling with, like, why is the sky blue? Why is, why is milk white, except for in Star Wars where it's blue? Like, that's weird, right? Like, or, you know, I mean, just anything you can imagine. He was just wrestling with it, you know? And, and sometimes I would have an answer for him and sometimes I, I wouldn't, but it, it never, ever occurred to him not to ask the question. And I feel like that's what the church asked of a couple of generations, a few generations, like, like, okay, you can ask the question once, here's your stock answer, hold on to it, and if, you, and if you're not satisfied, you probably don't have enough faith, right? That's, that's kind of what happened. And, and so today I wanna to take a look at these two Psalms that I came across when I was thinking about really praying and thinking about what I wanted to teach and, and uh, you know, holidays coming up and stuff like, this was not on my radar at all, but the Lord met me in a moment and said, this is what you need to teach. And so I'm stepping out on a limb and, uh, and we're going to do this. So we're going to take a look at two Psalms today, Psalm 42 and 43. I'm going to be reading them from the ESV. Um, the author of these Psalms are, are labeled um, as the sons of Korah, the sons of Korah, and, uh, which was a group of temple musicians. And, and their backstory is actually really interesting and cool. And like, I, I encourage you to go back and, and look at it. We don't have time to look at it today. Um, but these two particular Psalms have a give and take uh, 
um, to them that is kind of unique in the Psalms. And, and sometimes the author is talking to God and sometimes he's talking to himself, right? Um, the language used in these Psalms is so beautiful and poetic but it can also be a little dramatic, like a little over dramatic, right? Like I mentioned, the sons of Korah were musicians and being a musician myself, our kind has, has known to be a little over dramatic, you know, sometimes, especially, you know, um, with language, right? You know, like every rose has its thorn, right? Like, um, you know, I'm going off the rails on a crazy train, right? Like we are musicians, like, I'm, like no joke, we, we, we have a tendency to be slightly dramatic. And, and uh, you know, that's what you guys love about us probably, right? But, um, but 42 and 43 center around a person who is exiled far from home. They're away from home. They're exiled. They're a prisoner or, or a slave. And this person is missing worshiping God in the way that he used to, in the way he did back home, uh, in the way that he used to worship God. He's used to it. He grew up worshiping God this way and this is what he knows, right? And, and I know none of us can relate to that, right? None of us can relate to missing the way we used to worship God right now, <laughs> like with COVID. Um, he's, he is uh, missing the pilgrimage to Jerusalem that we talked about a couple of weeks ago when I last spoke. Um, he's missing singing the songs of ascent with all his brothers as they journey toward the temple, this longing is starting to get the better of him. And he catches himself beginning to lose hope, right? And this same person, I assume it's the author, um, tells God all about his longings, his disappointment, his hurt, right? Um, and he's not afraid to ask God why, and in though Psalm 42 and 43 are separate in our Bible um, and could have been sung or recited separately, they're actually one psalm broken into two pieces. But even split up, they share this continuous thought. And that thought is, why? Why? right? So let's go ahead and read it, and then we'll break it down a little bit. Psalm 42.1 starts with one of the most beautiful statements um, in all the Psalms. It's, it's one of my favorites. Psalm 42.1, here we go. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? 
And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and Hermum, from Mount Mezer, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. In beginning 43, vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people for the deceitful and unjust man from the deceitful and unjust man deliver me for you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let, me, let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill, to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre. Oh God, my God, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now I wanna backtrack. I know that was long. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, that was about 15 verses, I think, and, and I appreciate you sticking with me on that. But when you look at this psalm, these two psalms as a whole, it really there's, a, there's a, a progression that happens there. There's a give and take, like I mentioned before. And, and there's this picture of longing in, in, in the beginning. There, there's this vast picture of longing. And it starts out with, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. This person is longing and thirsty and hungry for two things. And the number one thing and most important thing is, is that his soul pants for God. This isn't just like a heat that this deer is in. This isn't um, just like there ha it hasn't rained in a couple of days. This is like a long drought. This person has been a captive for a long time. And, and though God is with him and, and he can 
call on God in, from captivity. He longs to be with God at the temple in his home. And so this is, this is like a drought, you know, and, and it doesn't say as the camel pants, like camels are built to withstand drought, you know, but a deer isn't. A deer needs water, just like we need the living God in our life. And and, and so this, this person is feeling dry. This is a, this is a confession. And, and, and then he begins in on most of the five W's and the one H, right? How many know that? If you're a teacher, the five W's and the one H, um, you know, who, what, when, where, why, uh, how? No, that's the, that's the one H, right? I'm missing one, but I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. But the five W's, right? And so this is where he starts in. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears ha- have been my food day and night while they say to me, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I uh, would go with the throng. That's the group of people traveling towards the temple, you know, singing the songs of ascents. Um, you know, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Where? And how and why and when, right? When shall I, when God, when, how much longer? When, when are you gonna move? When are you gonna save me? And these people around me, God, they're saying, where's your God? Where is he? Where are you, God? Where are you? I don't know. I'm surrounded by evil, unjust people, and I'm stuck here away from my homeland, and all I want is to be home worshiping you with my people. How long, God? How long? And, and the other how is, I remember how. I remember how things used to be. I remember how we used to travel towards the temple and sing these songs and it was such a good time and there was all this food and we were just joyful and blessed. I remember how things used to be. But this this. This last why in verse five is no longer addressing God. The author is addressing himself, his soul. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. That's that's the reminder right there. That is what Paul calls renewing your mind. My wife talks to herself all the time. Like she'll be walking around the house and I'll be like, did you say something? And she was like, yes. And I was like, what? And she was like, I wasn't talking to you. Oh, well, who were you talking to? Myself. Oh, okay. Did you know that smart people talk to themselves, right? Smart people know that they can influence their own mind with their attitudes and their words, right? So this person is listing all his grievances, the who, what, when, where, how, um, you know, all of that. 
he's listing his grievances before God. And then he just begins to talk to himself. He says, why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why are you depressed? You know, you know God is faithful. You need this reminder, bro. You, you, need to, you need to allow me to remind myself that he is God, right? And, and so I love this give and take where he's, he's talking to God, he's asking God why, and then he has the courage to ask himself why. See, I think lots of times we have the courage to ask God why, we just don't have the courage to ask ourselves why, right? And, and so this is, this, is the, this is the progression. Let's keep going. Um, and in verse six, it goes, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. Remember, that's a key word. Grab onto that. Remember, my soul is cast down. I ask myself why. And then I remember, I remind myself of, of, of what God is like, even in turmoil, right? I, and uh, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Just keep reminding yourself. Just keep reminding yourself. His deep is deeper than any waterfall. The echoes of the waterfalls like sounds like deep, calling to deep, and yet God is so much deeper just remind yourself, ask yourself why, and remember he is God and he's been God for a long time, right? But then, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but then he starts to doubt again, right? He has these remembers, he's reminding himself, he is renewing his mind, and then he starts to doubt again. Where... Um, uh, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppressors of my enemies? See, he's focusing again now on his external surroundings. Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy as with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. He's going through that laundry list again, the who, what, when, where, how, why. And while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? He begins to talk to himself again. The doubt creeps in and he pulls right back to reminding himself, to renewing his mind, to speaking directly to his soul. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. That's the end of 42, but 43 carries on and continues, vindicate me, O oh God. I've been wrong. This is a much stronger 
statement to God, vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against these ungodly people. For the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me, right? Deliver me from these people. Lord, these are unjust, evil people, and yet I stay here a captive, and all I want to do is be with you and be at home and worship in the way that I know how and the way I'm comfortable. See, God is teaching him right now even to worship in any circumstance. And this is the battle that's going on in this 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 author's mind for, for deliver me for you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? This person feels rejected by God. Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of my enemies? That same statement keeps reoccurring keeps reoccurring, doubt creeps in because he begins to focus on his external circumstances, the people in his life. When am I going to get out of here, God? He focuses on his external circumstances and doubt begins to creep in. But he begins to renew his mind again. And he, rem- he asks God for two very key things. In verse 3, 43.3, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre, which was like the biblical electric guitar, right? That's what a lyre was, was like, you know, we think electric guitar was uh was was radical in church, you know, a while back, but but the liar, that was really radical in biblical days. But um but I will praise you with the liar, oh my God, my God. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? He begins to renew himself again. He begins to to bolster his own faith. He begins to um strengthen his resolve, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I don't know if you've been where this author is right now, in a circle of faith and doubt, where you muster up the courage to renew your mind one second and then you slip and focus on the problem or the circumstances at hand and for a moment you forget that he's God. He's the one who breathed the very breath of life into you. He is the one who spoke creation, space, planets, fish, even weird fish spoke him into being, right? Like he's been God for a long time, people. I've been caught in that, in that circle. So why am I talking about all this? Why, why are we talking about 
um, renewing our mind and, and remembering the things that God has done for us and remembering that God has been God for a long time. And he's big, way bigger than us. Why am I talking about this? Well, here's the thing is, as I said in the beginning, this holiday season is gonna be unlike any other holiday season a lot of us have seen. For some of you, it may not be that different. For others, it's gonna be wildly different because you know maybe there are older members of the family that you always go to visit that you can't right now, or maybe there are protocols in place that are preventing you from getting together as a family the way that you normally would, or maybe you know things just look a little different in the family this year. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but it, I do know that it probably in some ways will look different. And that can be stressful. That can be disappointing. That can be you know, depressing in some cases, right? And so before we get into all the craziness of the holiday season and the uncertainty and the chaos that it brings, I want you guys to take a moment and prepare your heart for this holiday season. I want you to prepare for the moments where you're gonna be like, when is my mom gonna get off my case? I want you to prepare for the moment where you're like, is my boss ever gonna let me have some vacation time? I want you to be prepared for those moments where you hit the five W's and the one H, right? The one how, right? Like I want you to be prepared because I guarantee I probably will find myself in this cycle sometime within the holiday season. And I'd be willing to bet that a lot of you will too. But if we know how to combat it ahead of time, it won't grow roots in our faith. And that's what we want. We wanna know how to renew our mind, like Paul says. And so the first thing, I, I want you to ask two questions, right? There are two questions when times like this arise, when doubt creeps up or when, you know, um, when frustration creeps in, whether it's directed at someone or whether it's directed at God. I encourage you, voice your frustration with God to God, because he can handle it. I feel like a lot of times we're afraid to say, where are you, God? Why are you letting this happen? I say, say it to him. He can handle it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask two questions when those times arise. Why and why? It, it, it's two questions directed at two different people. If you're frustrated with God, I want you to say, why God? Why is this happening? But if you do say that why, I want you to have the courage to turn around and say to yourself, why, are, why is this um, triggering you? What's deeper, what's, unbeneath, what's underneath the surface? Why, why are you downcast, oh my soul? I want you to ask yourself that why. And then I want you to, this is the third step, remember. Remember, I want you to walk through all the things that God has done in your life in the past. I want you to remember that God is God. And his plan always doesn't make sense to us 
It doesn't always make sense to us because he is outside of space and time. He's God, and he's been God for a long time. I want you to ask why, why, and remember. Now, as we approach this holiday season, my prayer for you is that it would be full of peace and joy and hope and love. And I think these key insights into from this author of the sons of Korah will help us stay headed in the right direction. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, whom you sent to earth. Who, Jesus, thank you for leaving heaven uh, to be our hope and our salvation, our Lord and Savior. God, when we feel frustrated, when our situation feels cloudy or unsettled or uncertain, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that we would be, have the courage to be honest with you and honest with ourselves. Lord, that we would have the courage to ask questions of you and ask questions of ourselves. Lord, and I pray God, in those times that you would bring back every moment of faithfulness where you have been faithful. I pray that you would bring back every moment where you spoke into our life, where you healed, where you provided, Lord, because gratitude for you and for what you have done. Gratitude is the great way to a life of joy. And we want that joy to permeate every inch of our life, our existence. We want it to be um, contagious. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.